Hey, this is Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. And I've been on that show. It's a good show, I think. I have to, I'm still figuring out how to listen to podcasts. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian John Moses moved from Toronto, Ontario, Canada to New York City. He's not homesick, well, he does miss one thing. I miss, I miss healthcare. We'll hear more from John Moses in just a bit. We'll get all his thoughts on America, including his first foray into the Midwest as he uh, played some shows in Minneapolis uh, just a few weeks ago, although we recorded the interview ahead of that. We're also going to have a dumb bit. Uh, it concerns Mitt Romney and his taking the president out of context and the false equivalency set up by NPR, who we normally expect more from. That's coming up in just a few minutes. But first, as always, fake news. Now, fake news with me. Chick-fil-A, the fast food chain known for putting faith ahead of profits by closing on Sundays, is standing firm in its opposition to gay marriage after touching off a furor earlier this month. It all began when Chick-fil-A president Dan Cathy told the Baptist Press that the company was guilty as charged for backing the biblical definition of a family. That fired up gay rights activists, which is kind of a poor choice of words. Are they already on fire? Uh. Anyway, former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee jumped into the fray and is calling for Americans to support the restaurant by eating at Chick-fil-A on August 1st. Expect me to be shopping at JCPenney and eating Oreos that day. In honor of support Chick-fil-A Day, the chain will introduce a new sandwich, the Bigot Mac. I think Mr. Cathy may be a little uh, upset for the fact that he has a girl's name. In his first public interview since the February killing of teenager Trayvon Martin, accused killer George Zimmerman apologized last week to the teen's parents in an interview with Fox News para newsman Sean Hannity. The interview was seen as a very strange move by legal experts, but a great move by Sean Hannity's accountant and publicist. The Olympics are underway in London. NBC boasts that fans can watch the games online and on mobile devices. There's a catch, though. You have to have cable or satellite service on your home TV. That's like saying we'll fly you from New York to Los Angeles in four hours, but you have to buy a ticket to the stagecoach first. In other Olympic news, the U.S. Women's Olympic Beach Volleyball team has no intention of covering up in London, despite new rules which allow them to do so. There will be no conservative shorts or t-shirts for Team USA when they take to the sand, as they have chosen to remain in their skimpy crop tops and bikini bottoms. Olympic officials have allowed a change to the dress code in the famously popular sport, apparently unaware of why it's so popular. When this summer's harsh U.S. drought turned her prized lawn brown, a New York City resident, Terry Loprimo, had it painted green, making her suddenly lush-appearing yard the envy of her neighborhood. Many drought-stricken areas are catching on to the lawn painting practice employed for years uh, in the drier parts of the United States in the West and Southwest. And at one of the Romney households this past week, the presumptive GOP presidential candidate had the Mona Lisa painted on his lawn. And that's been Fake News with me. So every week uh, I agonize over uh, what to do for the dumb bit, and sometimes it's easy to come up with something, like uh, it's Facebook, not Factbook, and other times it's kind of difficult. And of course last week we were on vacation, as you know, and uh, hope you enjoyed PF's Tape Recorder Summer Music Festival, by the way. And um, 
anyway, all this stuff happened over vacation, and uh, some people covered it, some people didn't. Uh, you heard some of the stuff in fake news, but um, one thing that caught my ear just this morning was a piece on National Public Radio. Now, I'm a big NPR fan, but uh, they got caught up in a little bit of what uh, we like to call the false equivalency. And if you listen to Jimmy Dore or to Bill Maher, uh, they're very big on uh, calling out the false equivalency. This is where... Uh, you know, news organizations try to tell, you know, this side says this and this side says the other when clearly one side, uh, you know, the sides aren't equal. They're, one side is actually in the wrong or, you know, and they, they try to, you know, balance it out with, you know, the balanced news nonsense. So uh, NPR had a piece about a thing you've uh, heard about quite a bit, the uh, fact that President Obama claims that small business owners did not build their businesses. And uh, well, I'll let Linda Wertheimer, she's the NPR anchor, set up Ari Shapiro's story. The Obama campaign protests that the comment has been taken out of context. The Romney campaign says it points to a deeper truth about President Obama's philosophy. So right off the bat, there's really even no need for this report because the Obama administration's claim is correct. The comment was taken out of context. And the uh, Romney claim is bullshit because it is not some deeper meaning into what President Obama is thinking. He said that if you had a small business, you didn't build the road that goes out in front of it. That's what he said. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. But of course, we have a false equivalency to establish here. So Mr. Shapiro goes on to point out that back in January, the uh, Democrats seized on the uh, line. Well, here, I'll be listening to it. It also means that if you don't like what they do, you can fire them. I like being able to fire people who provide services to me. That was uh, Governor Romney talking about health care, of course. And he meant that you'd be able to uh, fire your health care company. But he still means the same thing. He still means he likes to fire people, okay? The president saying this. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. Isn't the same as if he would have said just this. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. That's two completely different thoughts. In the first thought, the whole thought, he's saying that if you have a business and there's a road in front of that business, you didn't build the road unless you're a paving company uh, like the one that down the street from me here that this fella uh, founded. I met him. He used to uh, patch driveways and he founded a paving company. And uh, I think he actually does parking lots. So he, he could build a road. He built that and he built the business. But it's not the same thing as saying you, you didn't build your business. Okay. But this. It also means that if you don't like what they do, you can fire them. I like being able to fire people who provide services to me. It's pretty much the same as if he just would have said this. I like being able to fire people who provide services to me. He likes being able to fire people, whether it's his healthcare company or uh, people at Staples or Domino's Pizza or whatever the hell company he bought and sliced up, okay? It's the same idea. All right, so President Obama goes on the defensive, and, and poorly, I might add, because he comes back in an ad saying this. Those ads, taking my words about small business out of context, they're flat out wrong. Of course Americans build their own businesses. What he should have done was explained it more clearly to people and said, the Romney campaign claims I said this. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. Here's what I really said. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. In other words, I was saying you didn't build the roads. Somebody else did. And by the way, Governor Romney did say this at the 2002 Salt Lake City Olympics. You Olympians, however, know that you didn't get here solely on your own power. For most of you, loving parents, sisters or brothers encouraged your hopes. Coaches guided, communities built venues and organized competitions. All Olympians stand on the shoulders of those who lifted them. 
and they built roads. Of course, Mr. Romney won't back down, even though it's been pointed out to him. That's not what the president said. I, I find the speech uh, uh, even more uh, disconcerting than just that particular line. Uh, the context is worse than the quote. Really? Because he kind of just said the exact same thing back in 2002. All right, anyway, so Mr. Shapiro, to kind of wrap up this whole bull thesis, um, talks to some university egghead. Behavioral psychologist Dan Ariely of Duke. Yeah, 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 that guy. And we recently did a study on this. We just asked a few hundred people uh, online to what extent that they think that Yeah, yeah, yeah. What he basically said was that people don't care if their candidate lies, they only care if the other candidate lies. But again, this whole premise is based on bullshit because Romney said he liked to fire people, but President Obama did not say people don't build their own businesses. He said they don't build roads. So this whole thing is just is complete rubbish. So what did President Obama actually mean when he said you didn't build that? Uh, he meant this? Somebody invested in roads and bridges. Or what did Mitt Romney mean when he said, I like to fire people? Uh, he meant this, Ari. I like being able to fire people who provide services to me. How hard is that to understand? I mean, I expect more from NPR. Of course, uh, it's not over. The Romney campaign, even now, is working on a new Obama ad. Can you believe President Obama said this? Americans build their own businesses. They're flat out wrong. And you know what? A lot of people would believe a sliced and diced comment like that. John Moses is a comedian from Toronto, Ontario, who moved to New York City a few years ago. He's played all over the Northeast, including clubs in Philadelphia, New York City, of course, and Boston as well. He's now starting to play shows in the Midwestern part of the United States, and he joined us here on VS Tape Recorder. A little setup for you. Now, this was recorded during a very horrible storm here in Cincinnati, so uh, it, it drops out in a couple of places and we get him back, and I left one of the dropouts in because it sets up a nice joke, I think. And uh, here now is our interview with John Moses. Okay, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's comedian John Moses. John, how you doing? Good. Good. Well, um, this originally was just going to be a print interview for uh, Minneapolis, but then uh, you asked me if I was a Canadian because you saw the CBC logo on my Facebook page. Yeah. And of course... Uh, People listening to the podcast know what a huge uh, Anglo and Canophile I am, which most, <laughs> which most Canadians find extremely weird. The Brits, not so much. They get it. But um, So you're uh, ostensibly from Toronto? Hello? Yeah, all right, let's try this again. Okay, yeah, we uh, lost internet again. Unfortunately, we have Cincinnati Bell, who I don't mind naming, and you can't get our internet wet, and apparently you can't get it hot either. So, oh, yeah. anyway. Okay. So anyway, as I was uh, asking earlier, you're uh, you're from Toronto, correct? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised in Toronto. I've been uh, I've been stateside now for about eleven years. Oh, okay. And uh, do you uh, do you miss Canada? Sometimes. Yeah, because some. Uh... <laughs> I miss I miss healthcare. <laughs> there, you, <laughs> there you go. That's a there's a timely one. Um, yeah, because right. some folks, you know. Uh, Canadians come down and they, they adapt real well and they do miss some things, but they're very happy to be in the U.S. and others are like, ah, oh, there's a lot of things I miss about Canada. Yeah, I, I'm probably the first category. Uh, I mean, I miss Tim Hortons and then there's probably uh, like a handful of people that I miss and then beyond that I'm fine. I, I miss proper hockey coverage. That's, there you go. Yeah, yeah. We um, Well, actually, New York City, you got you know, three teams there and it's the, you know a big city, so you're not probably not doing as yeah. badly as we are out here in the Midwest. Right, right. But Yeah, but I don't care about any of these teams. And, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the good thing is, it's like I can catch a Leaf game when they either play oh, Jersey, yeah. the Islanders, or the Rangers, 
and uh, and and you you can get tickets for you know New Jersey and the Islanders for for nothing next to nothing. Well, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. The, our nearest Tim Hortons is an hour and a half away. Still worth the drive. Oh yeah, totally. Whenever we um, <laughs> maybe less than that actually, because it's actually closer to Dayton. They came, but they haven't come down this far. But whenever we're up there, we buy a, a pound of Tim Hortons coffee and uh, and bring it back home. Okay. And so, are, are you going to be uh, are you going to be in Minneapolis? Or are you going to be in no? I am. Um, only write for the paper in Minneapolis. I've been in Minneapolis once for an hour in their airport, and that's it. I that's my that's my experience of Minneapolis to date. Is uh, it's a it's a nice place to stop over. Well, I hear it's a lovely town. I know people that live there and have visited there, and actually, it sounds like it's a a great town and. Uh, uh, very welcoming, very good comedy scene. Uh, yeah. So, so that'll be your well, first. first I'll time. be the judge of that. Okay. <laughs> so th- that'll be your first time in Minneapolis. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond the uh, beyond the security checkpoints at the airport. Okay. So uh, where else have you uh, played in America? You know, mostly no- mostly northeast stuff. Okay. But I've I've done some uh, I've done some west coast stuff, uh, some you know festivals and stuff like that. All right. So, San Francisco, Vegas. No, nothing, nothing, nothing. Probably so middle of the country, but I feel like uh, Minneapolis shares a lot in common with with Canada. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say love for hockey, the weather. Yep, yep. And uh, a couple of Canadian. Uh, let me see. Think um, who's the guy? Is it Fraser? Fraser Young? I'm thinking of. He's from like okay. Saskatchewan. He he goes there once a year, and uh, you know John Dor goes there once a year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know Fraser's comedy. I, I, okay. I started doing comedy ten years ago. He was on the scene in Toronto. Okay. So, is it a case of uh, you were always funny around your friends, and they said you should be on stage, or did you always want to be a comedian, as it seems most com- Canadians want to be? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, probably like a little bit of both. Probably class clown, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm an attention whore. I'm always seeking attention. Aha. Uh-huh. And also, when I was like 18, I was going to go and study economics, and my dad was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he, he's the one that pushed me to, to do a stage. I did an open mic when I was uh, 19 at Yuck Yucks in Toronto. Oh, wow. And, and then at the same time, I was uh, drinking and drugging my way out of college. <laughs> so uh, comedy is part passion and part I'm not qualified to do much else. Okay. Yeah, I always get this, I guess, uh, misperception of Canada because growing up watching Second City and then watching, you know, all these Canadian performers come down here uh, disproportionately to America, I always think everybody in Canada is in showbiz and has <laughs> come down here and, and, and steal our well, jobs. Everybody in Canada isn't in showbiz, but everybody in Canadian showbiz definitely wants to come to the States. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Although there still is a whole, you know, universe up there of, of people that, you know, aren't, you're never going to hear of down here in America. And, right, uh, right. You know, in some cases, uh, that's good, but it, in some cases, you know, that's that's bad. Is it? Um, you think it's just a matter of people are so comfortable with Canada they don't want to leave? Uh, I think a couple. I think a couple of people are comfortable. Um, you know, it's easier to be comfortable when you don't have an option to get out when you don't have an escape. You know, that's true. But it's a, it's just a much bigger market. You know, satellite radio. I, I think you know the satellite radio is sort of opening up um, some Canadian artists to an American audience. Yeah, we're that, good. They, that they that they other you know otherwise wouldn't be familiar with you know same thing with the uh, the internet YouTube stuff like that. That's true. Yeah, that's how we discovered lights and uh, and uh, Gian Gomeshi's Q program is available on public radio in this country. I think that okay. in turn is exposing a lot of people to Canadian culture. 
Um, right. They might not be familiar with it. Yeah, it's weird because growing up in Cleveland, I, I guess that's what made me kind of a canophile. Is I'm, I'm much more familiar with Canada than, say, somebody who's like in Texas or oh, California. Um, so uh, what, what's your comedy like on stage for those not familiar? A lot of jokey jokes? Is it stories? Um, what, 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 what do you kind of do uh, on stage? A couple of, you know, a couple of jokey jokes, probably, probably more, more flushed out bits. Um, it's raunchy. It's not for the uh, it's not for the churchgoers. It's not <laughs> raunchy for the sake of being raunchy. But right, it's right. just uh, my belief is that uh, my life has been offensive, so some of that tends to come out in my comedy. Uh huh. So what kind of things do you talk about? Um, mostly uh, blowjobs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we can put that in the paper. Uh yeah. Well, you can put that in the paper. I might I might bleep it on the podcast to keep the. Uh... <laughs> uh, Sex, uh, sex, sure. addiction, growing up, uh, growing up in a poverty-stricken household. Like oh, that. okay. So, uh, uh, go ahead. So things were kind of uh, rough growing up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have, uh, I didn't have uh, the easiest childhood. That's for sure. It wasn't okay. like a, it wasn't Little House on the Prairie, Canada. I'll tell you <laughs> that. Um, so was it a more a matter of when the humor was kind of a, maybe a defense mechanism, or did you you know kind of learn you, you, you have to laugh at it or you'll, or you'll cry? Was it one of those definitely, situations? Def- okay. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, I, I believe that uh, comedy is tragedy fermented. So there was a lot of things that, you know, and that's, and that's probably really sort of shaped my sense of humor is the fact that there was a lot of things you know growing up. It was if you didn't if you didn't laugh about it, you were going to end up crying about it, and uh, you know it, it just sort of carried over. You know. So what's the? Uh, I, often find, I often find myself yeah. the only one in movie theaters laughing at uh, at specific times, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Well, yeah, that's um, and and plus some people have a different you know sense of humor. That's interesting, you know, depending on how you're how you're programmed, I guess, and your experiences. Uh, so what's the trajectory from here? Uh, you know, further uh, penetrate the uh, the heart of America and uh, <laughs> go from there. Or? Uh, I think yeah. I mean, well, you know. I guess so. I, I, I want to, uh, you know, more clubs. I just want to be on. I just want to be working. I just want to get up on stage. You know, I'm. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to sort of getting into the middle of the country a little more and just kind of taking the pulse of, you know, what they find funny out there or what they find funny that I'm doing out there. You know. Yeah, yeah. That should, yeah, that should be interesting because um, I guess in New York you're getting a lot of chances though to uh, get up on stage. I know a guy that uh, a friend of the podcast here, a friend of both the podcasts, Mark Shalafu, who just moved out there. Okay. Uh, about a year ago, and he's in New York, and he's you know performing five six nights a week, and uh, you know working the day job, and uh, you know plugging away. And I guess um, so. I guess being in New York City, you have a lot of that uh, time, but then it's it's also short time, I guess, isn't it? Where you you don't have a get a chance right. to do a lot of right. long That's form. That's the thing. You can get up seven eight times a week, but uh, you're, you're you're fortunate if you're if you're getting up for more than fifteen minutes at a clip. You know, if you want to do the extended sets, you really got to go outside of the city. So this might be a good opportunity for you to give your set some room to breathe. Right, right. Yeah, it does. It does let me have a little, a little more fun and sort of stretch my legs out a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I always look forward to headlining and, and doing extended time for that reason. Cool, man. And, and I've got some stuff that's recently happened in my life that I want to talk about. You know, a, a friend of mine got married, and his wife made damn sure that I didn't get an invite. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Um, do you ever discuss the cultural differences between the U.S. and Canada, or is that kind of uh, kind of been covered by a lot of other people? Well, it's not that it's been covered. I just uh, I find a, I find this a lot uh, that there's a lot more similarities. I'm from Toronto, so I, sure. I, I I feel like you know moving from Toronto to New York, there's a 
there's a lot of similarity there. You know, I'm yeah. a city guy. I'm, I'm sure rurally, if you know, rural Canada and like you know the. Oh, not again! Oh my God! Hello. Yeah. There it is. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, what this might be stemming from is I uh, was in an open mic competition uh, last week, and I said yeah. I said that I um, got mad at my daughter, and I sent her to a room. No phone. No text. No internet. I hooked her up with Cincinnati Bell. <laughs> and it got a huge laugh, but now I think they're, the the man is coming after me. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they're so, always watching. They are, they are. They were listening. They said, oh, yeah, I'll take that, PF. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we'll wrap this up before I lose internet again because, like I said, you, you cannot get the internet wet with Cincinnati Bell, and it's about to storm, my youngest daughter informs me. Hopefully we can get you down here in Cincinnati sometime as well. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll see, we'll yeah. see. Um, oh, I just want to say very quickly that yes. uh, to the people – of Minneapolis, I am. I was. I was heartbroken for you when the North Stars went to Dallas. As was I, and uh, because I know that you guys are a, are a hockey loving nation, and I don't think that a hockey team should be anywhere that it doesn't snow. Right. And you, no good hockey player has ever come out of Dallas. Maybe a couple of figure skaters. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you guys got the wild. Yeah, but that is one of the worst team names uh, and logos in all the sports. Agreed. Uh, I'm not sure on the logo. I, I could live with the logo. The um, I'm glad the Jets are back though. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Get, I'm, I'm all about hockey. About sure. hockey communities getting a hockey team. Oh yeah, yeah. And if I could only get my Cleveland Crusaders back, uh, I'd be so happy. <laughs> I'm old school, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love like the Crusaders. It. Didn't like the Barons very much because they replaced the Crusaders. Sort of. The 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 Crusaders folded. We didn't have hockey for two years. Then the NHL moved uh, Oakland, uh, the Seals, to Cleveland, and then we had them for two years, and we lost them. And they actually emerged with the North Stars, as a matter of fact. They should they should give Cleveland a team just to make up for the fact that LeBron left. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe Gary get Mary uh, Gary Bettman could work that out for us. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd and, be good. And then Davis Hearn could help him rig the draft, and we could have a good team. But, um... <laughs> All right, dude. Well. Um, Best of luck to you the rest of the way out, and uh, you know, continued success. Hope you'll be playing uh, more places around America, and people can enjoy you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I look forward to it. Great, and I look forward to getting up to your hometown there uh, sometime soon. Maybe catching some CFL and uh, hey, well, uh, seeing the Argos in the Sky Dome. Enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. I'll be alone. And, uh, oh, if you could uh, just um, anybody out there that wants to follow me, it's at John Moses on Twitter, and uh, maybe I will oh, yeah. come out to, to wherever you're at. Oh, cool! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a good. That's the way guys are doing it now. If you can get hey. people involved, and uh, yeah, and then you can tweet the club and email your local comedy club and say, "Hey, we'd like to have this guy in town." So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Clubs, clubs just want to get butts in seats so exactly. we can sell beers. Yep. There you go. And uh, and who doesn't want to hear some Canadian BJ jokes? Hey. Exactly. All right, man. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, thanks for taking the time and being patient with the Skype and with the uh, internet situation. Oh, uh, hey, anytime, Pierre. All right, dude. Thanks, John. Thanks. All right. Bye, bye. Thanks again to John Moses for being on the podcast. Now, you folks almost got another dumb bit here, but 
uh, life got in the way, and uh, well, I didn't quite get to it. And I want to punch it up a little bit too and make it uh, really good for you. So we'll save that for next week. And you're really going to enjoy this one. This actually takes the Obama administration to task over something that uh, nobody is reporting on at all, and I'm kind of surprised. So a little teaser for you there. In the meantime, we're going to play a song by One Direction. Uh, we heard them once on the Summer Music Festival, and they have a couple of songs. I, I only uh, was able to play one. And the other song they have was sent to us by their manager, which is uh, the lead singer's uh, dad. And uh, the song is about the controversy they're involved with with the other One Direction over there in England. And even though the song is about that, if you listen to the lyrics, it actually kind of applies to just to life in general today in these United States about, you know, being the little guy, uh, kind of being pushed around by the big guy and, you know, having to push through it and carry on and, and still doing your best. So it's, it's pretty inspiring. And this song is called Sink or Swim by California's One Direction on PF's Tape Recorder. Sink or swim, give it all you've got Cause it's do or die tonight Been through hell and back And now the scars align To show me where I lost my mind And it's not like you to run away Yeah. 
One Direction, Sink or Swim, and uh, that's going to wrap up another PF's tape recorder. Again, thanks to John Moses for being on the podcast. Uh, thanks to NPR for creating a false equivalency and letting me uh, create that lovely bit. Um, a little serious note here. I, I go, You guys heard about the tragedy in Aurora, Colorado, obviously, and um, we, uh, one of our own, as they say, uh, is really in need here. His name is Caleb Medley. You may have heard about him on the news. He is still in a coma as of the recording of this podcast, and his family estimates his care is going to cost maybe a million dollars. It's already in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. He has no health insurance. He's a stand-up comedian. Any of you guys, any artists out there know what that's like, then you understand the situation. If you go to Caleb Medley, and his name is spelled C-A-L-E-B, like standard spelling, I guess, medley, like a music medley, M-E-D-L-E-Y dot com forward slash help. Uh, it'll tell you his story. There's a donate button you can click on, and you can donate to help him out. And uh, they are raising a good amount of money, so everyone's pulling together and helping him out. And, of course, you know, help the uh, other victims any way you can. Keep me in your thoughts and, and whatnot. And let me see. The usual business, then, is that you can uh, like the podcast on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at PF66. PF Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter. Music for PF Tape Recorder was composed uh, by John Veropoulos with a little help from me. Performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Uh, that is all the business we have. Links and everything uh, for uh, Caleb and for, of course, John Moses and everything you heard on the podcast will be at pfradio.podbean.com. If you're listening to this any other way than through the Podbean website. Other than that, so long and thanks for listening. <laughs>